Greetings, fellow humans and others. Welcome to our domain. In the spirit of communication and fire, we hope you are inspired into movement and out of sedation. For we have once again entered the season of death in more ways than are comfortable, though this isn't about our comfort and ease. In the land of the free, the sea of narrow, and amidst secluded reason, we say welcome to you. Now, through gap-toothed smile and crooked grin, cast your circle backwards and let the darkness in. Hello everyone, I'm Abby. And I'm Alice. And this is a podcast exploring all things mundane and metaphysical in life. We each have our own practices and individual ways of navigating this thing called existence. We are both transgender and practitioners in the occult. I am a coyote by name and nature. I navigate life through using what most works for me and discarding the rest. I am familiar with ceremonial magic and I have a passing acquaintance with folk magic. My practice is more akin to folk magic and I have a, I want to say love-hate relationship with ceremonial magic. So in a a sense, uh, we are very similar, yet at odds with each other. Always her fault. Never mind. (laughs) So you say. So I I started my practice in my teenage years. I actually was afraid of the word pagan because of my Christian upbringing. But I explored spirituality and I guess what you might consider new age was kind of my stepping stone into the modern idea of paganism. And my practice is more modern from a folk practitioner's approach as in I am very eclectic. My practice spans over different pantheons and isn't subject to one particular style, but I tend to let the universe guide me in my practice. I look for signs around me instead of just what I want to see. We both have experience in removing unwanted metaphysical guests, though we go about it differently, sometimes not at all. Okay, I think this is a good point to say. What is your preferred method to do a cleansing? That is an excellent question. I'm a certified Reiki master as well as a practitioner, and so I alternate weaving the two together. I use things such as LBRP to remove the energy, and then I fill it up with Reiki so that nothing will seep back in that isn't wanted. I, uh, I think we use Reiki differently because uh, I am also a master, you know, prefacing for the uh, crowd. Uh, I tend to use Reiki to push the energy out. So I think that's where you and I differ. Uh, I also do things a lot more hands-on than most people would where people will smudge. I will try to get my hands in there and get the energy and remove it myself when it's stubborn instead of relying on the sage or whatever other smudging herb or combination of herb that I'm using because I don't just use sage and I tend to go for something that's not native to the area just because I feel personally that if it's not native the anything from the area is just not going to be as used to it so using like wild sage in the south where I'm from wouldn't be as effective as using desert sage so I would use desert sage there whereas where I'm living now in the desert, I'd rather use something like cedar, cedar wood, or well, preferably cedar wood, but a lot of the times it's just, uh, I, I don't know what you call the uh, fluffs of cedar. That, shavings? Not, not shavings, it's uh, yeah, I don't it's know. not a leaf, 
but it, it takes the same places leaves. I, I, I don't know the proper term for it. I'm bad at words. Words are hard. Excuse me. Uh, I, I, I use that. Uh, I prefer to use that in the desert. I, I like to use something non. And like I said, I, I'm probably just repeating myself. I like to use it because I feel like whatever entities around is less likely to be used to that particular type of smudging material. Kind of like, you know, if you move to a different area and you've been in one area for all your life, and all of a sudden your allergies are hitting you a lot harder because you're not used to the pollen in the air. Just at me next time. <laughs> we have both worked together in different projects, doing various things, cleansings and whatnot, and nothing seems at odds with what we do. Like, there's a very flow, a mesh, and... No, we work very well together. And we don't even... We don't work with the same Pantheon. The only thing we really have in common is Reiki. And that's about it. And even then, we do that differently. Yeah, we do. I mean... You, you can have... like I think I've said it before to you, but you can have two different people in the same... Let's say a coven where everyone's worshiping the same de deity, you can have two different people do things two different ways, even with that close of a practice. Exactly. So, as some generic examples, leaving names and specifics out, a couple stories to relay just how we work. So once upon a time, many years ago, or maybe two days, I don't remember, I think it was more than two days ago. Okay, well, yeah, that's right. We were out in the country. The country. The country. As she says, the country. And visiting some folks that didn't feel comfortable in their home. Well, look, there's many stories like that from where I'm from. It, it, she brings up an interesting point in that is the outlying areas more prone to activity or is it that the suburban areas and urban areas are so noisy that you don't notice the activity? I think it's uh, it, it, I think it's more complicated than that. I think technically it's more likely that you'll find more activity out in the more rural areas just because there's more land out there and more history. But having said that, I don't think it's actually so much that it's more likely to be out there as much as there's just more space out there. Fair enough. That, that makes an X. Fair enough. <laughs> so, to m make this story a little specific, it was a family. There were some young kids and, you know, two adults, all that jazz. And they had some sort of complaint about the activity. It wasn't necessarily that it was haunting. It just didn't feel right. And so we went out there. I think I know the one you're talking about. With it's the over there ball. behind the. Uh, it, it was near, near that park. It was a street where people kept getting killed. Remember? I don't. I don't. I think, well, we might be thinking of two different places. Was it a friend of ours? No. This okay, was a no, cold call. Someone else then. It was a cold call. Do you remember going with to a house that had separate shed? And they said something about a child got killed on the road, and there was a ball. No, I don't. I don't was think I, I was not, in that one. Were you not? There? Right. I don't think I was. Okay, one of my experiences, myself and another practitioner went out to the country, and 
there's a family that was complaining of feeling uncomfortable. Not necessarily haunted or anything like that, just things didn't feel right in their home. It was along a country road that had a particularly nasty reputation of people dying on it, especially this one story that stuck out about a child chasing a ball. As we progressed through it, there's different parts to the land. There was a shed and then another house, so I think there were three buildings on this property. You want me to go continue to try going first? Because uh, I can't I'll, remember about I'll go back. with the story. Uh, I'll try to tell a story. Okay, so I actually have uh, plenty of stories with the uh, practitioner friend. Not Alice here, but someone else. Uh, I'm not going to say names. We went, it was a s- suburban area, uh, just on a street. It wasn't like a packed out street, but those, you know, normal houses. A little more yard room than you would think from the location, but it's not like rural countryside. Uh, there was a family there, two kids, two adults. Two, the, the two adults were personal friends of mine, and my friend, my other friend who was the practitioner, we were there doing the cleansing. One of them was actually full-on possessed. The other had an attachment to it. As we cleansed the uh, house, the my, my friend that was possessed started having a very negative reaction. So me and my other friend turned our attention onto them. You know, just doing the cleansing. Well, we, we started with the children. I want to say that right now. We started with the children because, you know, we, we, me and my friend, we, we kind of agree on children first when it comes to safety, then we'll worry about the adults. But I digress. Uh, they started having a bad reaction to it. So we turned our uh, attention to it, and this person's voice changed, got really growly, got really aggressive, not physically so, but verbally. After about 10 minutes, and I actually... Uh, we used to have a recording of this that we had permission to share, but somewhere along the way, it was like five or six years ago this happened. Somewhere along the way we lost the recording. Maybe I'll find it again. I might be able to get permission to post it on YouTube. Maybe do some edits to it so you can't see anyone's face or anything. But full-on possession took us about 10 minutes to clear that. My friend who was helping me do the cleansing was actually the uh, Reiki master who attuned me. And he uses Reiki a lot in his practice when it comes to cleansings and all that. So after we got her taken care of, which we were actually worried about the other person, but they were the one that were possessed. The partner just had a minor uh, minor attachment that we were able to get out from this thing. And the thing that drew us there to begin with is that there were actually uh, hand marks on one of the children. I feel like I'm telling the story wrong. You came in the wrong place, but I digress. We took care of it after a week or so of them kind of recovering because if you've ever had an attachment removed or been possessed and had it removed and even with Reiki work and spiritual work, it's still just kind of draining. It's almost like you're recovering from some sort of spiritual surgery if you've never been in that position. And there is like a recovery period. So, but they were, they were all right after all that happened. And I haven't heard any more complaints from them since all that went down. Would you like to tell another story? Do you know this part of the story that happened before that? What, what, what part? The initial in- investigation. I think it would be also interesting for you to tell the story. But for me to be like, 
or do we want it to sound like a separate story or do we want to be like um you tell because i was only there for the beginning of it yeah. i was with someone in the hospital okay, so, you, so you tell it so you because you know more of it than i do a funny story to segue off of your story is actually the previous day's events which went on abby wasn't there for personal reasons and it was me and two others went to check out the area you know make sure the people were sound there was nothing impending dangerous and just safety concerns for everybody is that was our normal routine no matter how well we knew someone we always verified first yeah like all of our pretty much every cleansing we've done we've kind of went up there kind of got a fill of it and then prepared only if, unless it took like a very long time to get there then we would do the cleansing in the same day because it was always good to gather information and then come at it with a plan of attack instead of just going blind. Right. And at the same time, without indicating why we were there in case the things that shouldn't be there get cantankerous, which they tend to. So, our little soiree into this land, we'll call the Three Amigos, the went three. and investigated. So, it was an urban area. There was a house a large garage or tool shed, and some minor other things. We went through the house. Nothing seemed particularly out of practice. Nothing the seemed tool shed didn't seem bad. It was the house. Actually, it was the person. It was attached to the person. It wasn't so much the house. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no you're good. Don't apologize. We're just rolling. I just kind of took your thunder yeah. there for a minute. I wasn't trying to. So we investigated the house. Everything seemed normal didn't seem like there was anything going on, at least at first. There was an, a duct work in this particular house that felt like something other was chilling there and just didn't want to be disturbed, like a, a hibernating raccoon or something, but metaphysical. And then we went to the back of the property, and there was all sorts of, as best I can describe it, awkward energy in the tool shed. So... We go back into the house. One of the partners, the one that contacted us, explained they were concerned that the other had something going on with them. So we sat them down and began to cleanse. But this this is the, the partner that contacted us was the one that had the major issue. The one that we were contacted about, it was just minor, but the first partner uh, is also a practitioner, where the second partner was just kind of like, they, they knew about it, but, like, they weren't upset about it or anything. They, they just seemed genuinely cool about it. I digress. Please continue. We sat down, the partner, and the other person involved, one of the three amigos, began doing the cleansing while I was there to watch and make sure things didn't go sideways because something didn't add up. Longer story short, nothing really went sideways. It got very tense feeling and then the individual once they started having reiki applied to them started coughing and it was almost like smoke was exiting their body it definitely wasn't from the wacky to backy and then oh i joke they leaned forward and they said something in a very raspy voice that i cannot recall to this day unfortunately so once everything was done we did our check to make sure they were sound okay reconnected all that stuff and upon the interview afterwards they had no recollection of any of that going on 
That's actually, I, I've noticed in, in the really heavy cases that tends to happen. Yeah. Whereas the more light cases, like if it's attached to a house, yeah. that the, there's more memory retention. But if someone is directly, have, has a direct attachment, they tend to kind of, I mean, I've seen people like completely out of their mind, but that's still kind of rare. But a loss of memory isn't that unusual in a heavy, almost possession level uh, situation, which I'm going to say, like actual true possessions are very rare. Indeed. On the same note, just as rare, but maybe a little more disconcerting, is demonic activity. Oh no, that's even more rare. Exactly. Definitely more concerning, more rare. Because like I have my own experiences with that, and that's kind of what really slingshot me into my uh, practice today. And we just make this disclaimer because it's not like there's demons and possessions everywhere. They just get the light of attention. Yeah, like uh, a lot of people will be dealing with just a simple negative entity that they are sensitive to. And they automatically want to think, oh, a demon's possessing my house. That's actually very rare and you almost pretty much have to invite them in. And most what you would consider a demon aren't really the kind to do possessions or hauntings they're more like the ones you would make a deal with and you would basically invite in for that reason and that's kind of i feel one of the reasons it makes it very rare is they're usually like a entity that wants to make a deal with you more so than something that just wants to give you a hard time so would you say that's accurate yes and i'll give you an example a common occurrence to me has been non-pagan folk living in land that feels wild and complaining there's something wrong when in actuality it's just not it's just it is different but it's wild energy as opposed to tame energy that so many of us are used to either in urban settings or tame country settings i've literally okay like i'm going to digress here for a little bit I've literally seen like ghost hunters going around a graveyard being like, okay, I'm getting all this stuff, but none of it makes sense. When it was literally just Faye trying to fuck with them. And that's another case. It, it was exactly. just kind of funny because I have my own experience with the Faye. And while I don't recommend people go out and try to work with them when they don't know anything about them, I was more or less invited to communicate with them. So I'm going to preface that. You know, do not fuck with the Faye. They will get you every time. Be respectful and understand human respect is not the same thing as fey respect. Exactly. They are not to be messed with. But I digress. Can I chime in for just Please a moment? Please continue. I dance with the fey. That's what I'll call it. Define dancing. Not physical dancing because I have I, no I, I assume you mean like at odds with? No. No? We play together. Okay. Because like I, I've... Like I said, I sometimes work with the Fae. I'm not going to say all the time, but I sometimes do work with the Fae. Exactly. So this is more like occasional play dates, if you would. And I still would reiterate what you're saying. Be cautious, be respectful, and understand that their respect is different than our respect. Yeah, please and thank you are considered rude to them. And also realize everything otherworldly has different rules than we do. So just because something we think is moral doesn't mean they think it's moral. Yes. Or they think it's fun and we might view it as terrifying. I mean, human morality is exactly verbatim what it is, human's perception of morality. Right. 
Because when you've been down this path... Even humans consider things moral on different basis. Like, I don't consider certain things like using drugs as immoral, but going around selling drugs that could potentially be dangerous to, to for someone to consume, I would not consider immoral. Uh, because, like, the opiate crisis. Like, selling heroin and stuff. I don't really see that as a moral act, but I don't necessarily see using drugs as immoral because there's a lot of reasons why people use drugs, mostly for escapism, but that's not, you know, the topic of discussion. So I digress. Even when you go other venues that are less visited in this train of practice and you deal with entities that are non-earthly or just more foreign in their approach, especially the ones that we're like ants to, we can't even comprehend what their motive is or if they're saying exactly what they mean. And when I'm not just talking simple doublespeak. I mean, I feel like most entities are going to be verbatim, say what they mean. It's the ones that lie to you are the problems. And it's figuring that out, which ones are lying to you. Because, like, yeah, it does happen. You're going to have, like, a trickster type entity contact you possibly but even that's still pretty rare not saying that you shouldn't try to verify if you're working with an entity you shouldn't try to verify that that's who it is oh i agree a hundred percent verify everything even if it's after the fact verify everything and never make promises with some with any sort of entity especially the fae don't eat the food or take tea just don't. Even if it's a few berries that you've got it to in the woods, don't eat it. You're better off without it. So the reason I mention this is I agree with you on that point. There are things that you have to seek out that don't necessarily seek us out that just don't translate well. Well, some entities I actually uh, communicate with with energy instead of how humans with words exactly. how humans would translate with. Uh, through like feelings through just the metaphysical data I should say which is like when people talk about energy energy this energy that we're talking about the general vibrations that you can pick up on in the universe it's almost like a signal and you can turn yourself into an antenna to pick this up and realize that you yourself whether or not you know it are generating your own signal right there are things like the planetary spirits which is a whole nother signal to decode. And it's not even an issue of whether they're lying or telling the truth or anything like that. They're just different. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's plenty of different cultures that's had a different name for the Earth. Uh, I think one of the most prominent ones would be Gaia. Uh, that's about the only one I'm familiar with. Do you know any more? Not that are referring to it in a religious sense. Because there's like Terra... Or terra firma, but that's usually more sciencey, yeah, and less spiritual. I I I knew I knew I've heard terra, but I also didn't know where that originated from. But yeah. Now, there's also Tara, which I see them differently in my mind. One with two A's and one with an E, that refer to different areas. But that's another thing. Oh, we talked about the cleansing being done, and they spoke and said they didn't remember, it, and then you went into the uniqueness of that yeah or the commonality of that okay I, I just said that it's very rare to actually see a true possession like that exactly 
a lot of people will sit there and try to say that they were possessed, especially in Christian circles, because it, they feel like they can say that to get out of the responsibility of their own actions. And it's not exclusive to Christians. Can we, if they can get someone to believe that they were possessed, they'll, they'll try. That's what most possessions are. They're not actually possessions. Can we agree that it's most monotheistic cultures where that is predominantly the issue? Yeah, because our friend, like, there was no sign until it came forward. Exactly. They were in control until, up until the point where whatever was possessing them did not like us around. That's when they came forward and, well, we brought it out to the surface and was able to remove it. And from what I remember, and you can, didn't they re renounce their deities as that, or slander their deities yes, as Yes, they that? did, actually. So, talk about they that. They did. Yeah, um, yeah, well, I mean, basically just saying, fuck you, uh, deity, uh, while we were actually doing the cleansing this was in a very deep, growly voice that was not consistent with our friend's voice. Uh, that's about all I can say about it. It was basically that a few times. Something our friend would never say. A lot of these things, you, when they are happening, there are behaviors that are out of normal behavior for the individual. But it's not as easy to pin down as that. And now, before we go too much further... We're not only going to focus on cleansing. This is just our experience. We're talking about what we've done and used it for. Personally, I just like to help people feel at home where they're at. I, I don't call it cleansing anymore, and that's a different story. I just like helping people feel at home in their homes, and I see it as a gift I can offer them. We do Both of us do other things with our practice, sometimes daily, sometimes not. Um, sometimes... We've both seen the other set it down for a little while and then pick it back up later. I feel like that's very common uh, for a lot of pagans to uh, kind of hit that point where they kind of mundane life gets too much and they kind of lose touch with their uh, spiritual practice for a while. Especially in this pandemic, it really, I really, when the pandemic started, I really lost touch for a while. Okay, we'll circle back to that momentarily because I... I think it's a necessary, imperative topic to talk about the pandemic. Before we move on, I want to normalize for people that just because you don't feel spiritual means you failed your practice. You are doing your practice as you were meant to, and only you can determine you've done something out of character for yourself. Don't let anyone else dictate to you your practice or its authenticity, especially when you have mundane life throwing everything out of whack. I agree with that. Okay, so the pandemic. We're, what, a year into this now? Uh, I think we're hit year two. See, it, it all blends together, and I think that's a common experience for a lot of us, is whatever is going on. Time doesn't feel real since this pandemic started. Not no. to say that it's not, and that time isn't passing the same way. It's just everything's so skewered since it started. It's left this mesh in our minds about what is... Cause, because... All of a sudden, it shook things up so much that there's a different normal. And we're not saying that's bad or worse or anything. It's just a different normal. And part of the issue, for me at least, was that social distancing really skewered things. It made it harder to deal with time, loneliness, 
and some of the more what we'll call shadowy things because there wasn't that interpersonal interaction or that exchange of touch that we're so used to and dependent on as social creatures. Yeah, um, there's actually a uh, band I got into uh, in, through the pandemic. They actually did an album in 2020. They did it through the uh, lockdown stage where everyone was locked down. Uh, the band is Glass Animals. So Glass Animals did a album called Dreamland and they did it during the lockdown. Uh, the first uh, song in the album is also called Dreamland and they actually show where they did the video and the, the, the front man did the, uh, set up the video himself in his kitchen. It showed that, like, that was half of the, uh, the, the second half of the song, the song video. But one of the lyrics in it is, uh, you've had too much of the digital love. You want everything loved. You want things you can touch. And I feel like a lot of us felt that way throughout the pandemic. Right. And here we are, still not sure when it's going to end. I think it's important for us to state our positions on certain things because it rules out the type of people we're not. Yes, uh, we are not anti-vaxxers. We are both fully vaccinated. Uh, I believe in science and data. And you might think like, but you're pagan. And like, science doesn't exactly disprove my spiritual beliefs either. So, I still believe in science. And if science does disprove my beliefs, then my beliefs are going to have to adapt. Along with that, we're not going to comment on who or what or why the pandemic started. We have certain leanings, but the point is, right now, we're all dealing with the aftermath or the during math. It, 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 when we talk about the pandemic, we're going to be talking about like what life is like in the pandemic and not... We're, we don't want to get political, take sides, but just know... We're not anti-vaxxers. We're not anti-maskers per se. I don't always wear my mask, but the only reason I don't is because I'm vaccinated. I feel like I fare better if I do catch the virus because of the vaccine. So I'm a little more open, or not open, a little more frugal with my uh, protection. At the same time, I have seen her, and she's very careful with her actions and their outcomes as far as exposure to potential situations. Yeah, like, I, I caught a stomach virus from something once, and I didn't go out for, like, two weeks after that. Exactly. Uh, well, the last thing you want, and I think this is what's been killing most of the people that have the virus, the last thing you want is to catch COVID and another virus on top of it. Because that, that's really what gets, just like uh, a lot of people catch pneumonia when they have the flu, or bronchitis, and it's a parallel infection that just wreaks havoc on you because your immune system's already worn out fighting a previous infection. Exactly. I just don't think a lot of people understand that. Fair enough, and it's not like we are not claiming to be experts. Oh, no. This is just what we have experienced, and we are open to we're constructive just, criticism. We're just two trans girls starting a podcast. Exactly. But that's all we're going to preface on our stance on covid from here on out anytime we talk about covid unless there's a major event going on in the world about it besides the actual pandemic itself we're not really going to touch on anything other than just mundane day-to-day -day life living with uh, the virus around us exactly oftentimes people get distracted by extraneous details 
and we just want to speak to the people that are living through it, not knowing what's going on, and just trying to make it day to day. Not what their affiliation is or anything like that. Just navigating day to day because it's crazy now. Like, I never thought I'd see this or some of the other things in my lifetime. And here we are. Did we have a conversation years ago? I'm sorry, but didn't we have a conversation a few years ago about what it would be like to live through, like, the uh, Black Plague? We did. And then the pandemic happened. I think it was a precursor. Not that we caused it. No, no, I'm not saying we caused it. It was almost like a precognitive sense that that conversation came up when it did. I agree in addition to saying a lot of people were talking about that subject, and I think it was on the collective unconscious being brought up to prep us for it. Well, I remember before this pandemic started, there was actually memes going around talking about how there's a major pandemic once every hundred years, and this is on track with that. Because, hold on, let me, uh, I'm just going to look this up. You continue, please. My personal opinion, based on life experience, is that things tend to echo in the ether before and after they happen. And I feel as if the collective human conscious was prepping us for whatever came next. Because I remember a lot during that time, there was a lot of zombie survival stuff going on. A lot of preppers. Not just your everyday doom and gloom stuff, but specifically viral slash zombie slash whatever prepping i have a timeline here and a little misleading but uh basically what it was saying is like a major pandemic happens once every hundred years which you know i i feel like a lot of us kind of felt like it was probably about time we'd have a major pandemic anyway in the collective unconscious like you said which provoked that and just here it is uh the black death happened 1347 to 1351 and then uh, there was a cholera pandemic in 1817 to 1842, or 24, I'm sorry. And there was another cholera, a bunch of cholera pandemics, which, like, I mean, if you don't know about basic hygiene, cholera is going to be a problem because it's passed uh, through fecal-oral route. I mean, there's technically a, uh, there's three black plagues, technically. There was the uh, Plague of Justinian, 541 to 543. And then the Black Death, which I've already put the years for. And then there's the Third Plague, which started in 1885 and is still ongoing. But, I mean, we all, like, if you know anything about uh, virology, you know that the Black Death, the bubonic plague, is still around even today. There's even been cases in the United States of it. I mean, it's something completely treatable now, though. So it's not like it's a major problem like it used to be. It's, uh, you you don't want to sleep on it but you can get it taken care of and then like i'm not saying every one of these because there's been a lot of different flus like the spanish flu uh 1918 to 1919 and there's been like how many seven cholera pandemics in recorded history and what i'm looking at the sars pandemic 2002 2003 and then the mers pandemic which MERS is very similar to SARS. Uh, 2015 and onward in the Middle East, so it's still ongoing. And then the COVID pandemic, 2019 and ongoing. COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2. Keep in mind, these are things that we know from modern living in our current culture. We don't know what predates science, what predates 
Oh yeah, no, th things. there's probably been a lot of pandemics. This is just on a medical article written uh, a little over a year ago uh, about pandemics throughout history. Uh, th this is just recorded history. There's a lot that's been lost to history that we don't have proper recordings of. Right. And one of the things that is important for anyone listening to understand is if we don't have evidence to back it up, we will either state it or not include it. I feel like that's important. I mean, unless we're talking about something more metaphysical. Well, and then it gets more into uh, personal experience and opinion than it does, you know, evidence or data. Right. And the common nomenclature for that is unverified personal gnosis or verified personal gnosis. And each have their collective issues. And we're not going to state anything without declaration of what it is. It's for you to investigate if it's something you agree or disagree with. We're also not going to go outright out of the way to present lies to you. Yeah, no, this is not about misinformation. If anything, we are a opinion podcast. And we're more about just mysticism and the occult mixed with day-to-day -day life than really anything else. This will wrap it up for the episode. From my heart to your heart. May you know love, may you know peace, may you be at ease, and may the sun rise more than it sets on your endeavors. May your path be clear and your endeavors be fruitful. Blessed be.